The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 147 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. Thank you so much for checking in with us again this week. We have such a fantastic show for you. But before we jump into this week's episode, we do want to thank a new reviewer on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the username is S-G-U-R-E-L. And thank you so much for your kind words, your five-star review. And I love the title of this review. It says, Pick Me Up, Up, and Away, (laughs) which I thought was really fun. And definitely our guests are a pick-me-up, and today is no exception. Scott and Becky McIntosh have such an incredible life story. And I've mentioned before that uh, I do some editing on the podcast, just kind of tighten things up. A lot of times I just edit myself out. But uh, with Scott and Becky, you get a supersized episode because there just wasn't much that I wanted to, uh, to take out. I wanted all of you to be able to hear pretty much everything they say. It's just such an incredible story. So it is a bit of a supersized episode, and I'm excited for you to hear it. And uh, this week in my Latter-day Life, I'll tell you a little bit about this weekend and being neither in the world nor of it. It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today, recording live in the Latter-day Live studios. It's so fun to have people back in the studio right now. (laughs) Uh, We have such an amazing couple with an incredible story. You may have seen them for a few things, and we'll definitely get into (laughs) all of that. But Scott and Becky McIntosh, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Sean. Thank it's great much. to be here, like you said, in person. In person, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so exciting to actually be here together. Distanced. We are well distanced. <laughs> I do set up my uh, my whole studio here so that we are well distanced, being safe, but it's good to be here. It's good to meet you guys. And I know a little bit of your story as we've talked a bit. A lot of people know a little bit of your story. So I'm excited to jump into those things, but we want to get to know each of you first. So I don't know who wants to go first between you to kind of Tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up. Becky, do you want to start? Sure. So I was born in Butte, Montana. It's just a a small country town, and I actually lived about an hour from Butte in Dillon, Montana. And we lived on a big ranch there. And my family moved when I was in third grade. I was the youngest of five children, and I just felt so ripped off that we moved from from this ranch to the city, to Salt Lake City. Mm. And... I was finally the age where I could join 4-H. It's eight years old when you can join 4-H, and I could raise the animals and, and enter them in the fair like my siblings, and then they moved me to the, to the city. We moved to Salt Lake right down the road from who, who I married, Scott. So he was in my ward, so we've known each other since I was eight, and he was 10. That's a long time. <laughs> we've known each other a long time. Yeah, that's impressive. So what were you into? What were you like when you were growing up? Oh, I loved um, gymnastics and dance, and I loved uh, music. I played the piano and and the guitar, and my mom had us involved in everything, any kind of of class that she could sign us up for, we were in. Now, I'm not very good at any of those things. Like, I don't have any natural (laughs) talent for anything, but I... 
I dabbled in a lot of things. So I, I'm familiar with uh, how to do a lot of things, but I'm not good at anything. Like, oh, I don't believe she, that. I, she yeah, she's not. Oh, uh, I, I think <laughs> that I don't buy it for a moment. on um, Talents Day, I was I was in the back taking care of the the children or something and not paying attention to which line I was standing in. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy that at all. But now, did you guys date like during high school? No, we, we did not. You so, did not, but you knew each other. Yes, he had a sister that was my age, and he was my brother's age, and so he was just Lynn's big brother, and you know, and I was Bruce's little sister, and yeah, and I just I we just saw each other as the neighborhood kids and in, in the same ward. So it wasn't until uh, my junior year of high school my family moved from the Cottonwood Heights area to Tooele. Wow. And so I went from being a Brighton Bengal to a Tooele Buffalo. <laughs> and, um, and then after graduating from high school, I went to BYU and then off to BYU Hawaii. And it was when I returned from BYU Hawaii, I was visiting um, one of my best friends from the Cottonwood Heights. And she said, there is a new disco dance place that just opened up wow. in Salt Lake called The Bay. And she said every Thursday. Fris- Frisco Bay. Frisco. Frisco, Frisco Bay. Frisco Bay. And she said, every, and I forget, every Thursday, Thursday night. night is young adult night. She says, you've got to stay and go with me. She said, I went last week, and there was the best looking guy there, and he told me that he goes every Thursday. And so <laughs> I, I went with her to the bay, and we're dancing out there on this crowded dance floor. You got, you got to mention that it wasn't, the best looking guy wasn't me. Well, wait till we get to <laughs> okay, that, okay. Part, that part. <laughs> Um, so we're out there dancing and I turn just at the same time, this guy next to me turns and he said, Becky. And I said, Scott. And it had been five years since we had seen each other. And yeah, he was all grown up and, and very good looking. And he was not there the week before. And she already knew Scott, my friend, because he grew up, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, the person who she wanted, was hoping was there is who she married. No She kidding. did marry him. So Scott, he um, you know, asked me to dance the following dance, and we danced the rest of the night together. And, and at the end of the night, he pulled out a napkin because this was before cell phones. Of course, of And he course. asked me for my number, so I wrote my number down on a napkin, and I said, but I need to be honest with you. Uh, my missionary just recently got home. Mm. Um, I said, things aren't going really well, but I've promised my mother I would give it some time. <laughs> and he said, that's fair. He said, I'll call you in about a week and see how things are going. And bright and early the next morning, the phone was ringing. You know, the phone that's hooked to the cord yeah, on the wall. <laughs> I answered it and he said, hello, this is Scott. Has it been a week yet? Oh, Scott. <laughs> pretty smooth. Pretty that smooth, huh? really yeah. smooth. <laughs> yeah, it was... Has it been a week yet? That's yeah, classic. Not just and you melted. I, I mean, did. that was... It was I all did. over there. and it didn't take long before I told my mom, <laughs> ah, no, ran into Scott, and we want to start dating. Yeah, And the rest of you've been dancing <laughs> ever since. We've been, we've been constantly. dancing. I got to say, Frisco <laughs> Bay's got some power. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you, your best friend. I mean, that, Same that was the night, place. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Scott, let's hear your backstory. <laughs> well, my backstory is I was I obviously grew up in the Cotwood Heights area, and uh, I'm the fourth of five. And so 
I was the young one. But anyway, yeah, we just uh, grew up with horses and things like that and not really ranchers like she was, um, but we uh, enjoyed that kind of lifestyle, L- loved the outdoors. And so uh, we liked athlet- athletics and sports and stuff. So I went to Brighton High School, uh, wrestled and you know through high school and just enjoyed that. And then, uh, yeah, went on my mission. I always wanted to go to Scotland on my mission. And if you wrote on your paper where you wanted to go, that was the furthest away yeah, from place. Sure. You didn't sure. get to go there. But I wrote Scotland on there, and sure enough, I got called to Scotland. And No so, kidding. Yeah, it was... Great experience, and then uh, yeah, got home and jumped in the concrete world. I started in concrete earlier when I was a concrete flat worker. So um, just before I left on my mission, like six months before I left, my brother and I started our own business uh, doing concrete flat work. And so I left, and he ran things while I was gone. Then when I got back, we jumped back into it and did that the rest of our lives for the next 30 years. And then, uh, yep, been in sales for the last 12 or so. So, wow, yeah. that's amazing. So you guys are well known for, how long have you been married? We're just going on 37 years. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Just awesome. And you kind of, you guys kind of were laying low, I would say. You had how many kids? We have seven children. Seven all kids grown total. adults now, raising yeah. kids of their own. And a few years back, you're living kind of the uh, undercover life, you know, normal, just uh, like the rest of us, just kind of living your life. And then something happened major that made you sudden instant media stars. <laughs> is that is that a good place to start? Yeah. Just with the shorts? Yeah. Uh, a picture that went viral. Yeah, tell like, us about that. It's kind of unusual for a picture to go viral. Yeah. Um, do you want me to tell parts of it? Or go do you ahead. Wanna... Go okay. ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, if, if, I, if I started to tell it, she would... I would finish She'd it. correct <laughs> me and tell <laughs> me what I was saying wrong. But so it sounds let, like any good marriage. I'll just let it's her perfect. do it. Yeah, just let it's her do perfect. it. perfect. <laughs> uh, so this was back when just our youngest two were at home. We had two teenagers at home. And... Um, and our, our teenage daughter, she didn't like to wear a lot of clothes. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> and it was a um, family home evening, which was a, you know, Monday night where our family, we would get together and either stay home and have do an activity or in a lesson or something. But this night, um, our son, he was in charge. And he said, you know, let's go out to dinner and miniature golf. And we haven't been out and to do something fun for a while so that was the plan and so I knew we were were leaving the home and so I saw what my daughter was wearing and said hey can you you know put on some longer pants and um, she didn't like that and I should have known better as a mother to point that out and um, but she she said no um, she went upstairs and well, she said, no, you, she I'll said, just stay home. I'll just stay home. She said, oh, I'll just yeah. stay home. It's been a while since we've told this story. Yeah. Um, and then our, I said to my son, go up and talk her into going because we're not going to go without her. So yeah. we'll, we'll stay home and do something. And so he went up to talk to her. Well, Scott had come home and he saw what she was wearing and he knew better than to ask her to change. And he, he thought, no, I'm going to do something funny. So our, it was something that he had heard about about a week before that our son, do you want to tell yeah, this our part? Our son, Sky, had actually told me, he says, you know what, Dad? He says, you, what you ought to do is just make some short shorts yourself and, and put them on. And, 
and just and just see if that if that works, you know. And that you know she won't like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I said, that is so funny. I said, I don't think I would ever do it, but yeah, that's really funny. And so when I got home that night and I saw her, I just thought, okay, it's going to be contention if I say something. And so it's time to lighten this mood. Let's have some fun with it. And so I just went upstairs and and grabbed some pants. And, and they were beat up pants, you know, and I just... Cut, went to cut them off and and the thing that's funny about this that i don't share a whole lot is is in when i was in high school in the late 70s i graduated in 79 yeah we wore shorts like that <laughs> and so anyway you want your kids to know yeah so as i went to cut off the pant legs i remembered it, it was vivid in my mind because i'd made that mistake you know how we learn from our mistakes yeah yeah is pull the pockets up because yep. i'm going to cut the bottoms of the pockets off so yes. I did. I pulled the pockets up, cut the jeans off. I pulled them on. I thought, no, we can do better than that. I took them off and I cut them some more and I put them back on and and they were up. The the pockets were hanging out the bottom. I mean, you had it was some real Daisy Duke. These were the real <laughs> McCoy, yeah. And so I love it. Anyway, I came downstairs to well, excuse me, before I came downstairs, I I was standing there thinking, "Okay, what shirt do I wear?" I hadn't even thought of that. I had my new shorts, but I didn't have a shirt. <laughs> And and on my floor against the corner and my against my dresser was just a, a my stuff that I'd got from Father's Day a couple of months earlier that was just <laughs> sitting there because I didn't know what to do with it. And one of them was a shirt that my older daughter had given me that said "Best Dad Ever." Oh, that's and awesome! So I thought, wow, I never knew a time when I could wear it, but this this <laughs> it's getting worn. So. I put that I put that shirt on. I showed up downstairs. I told Becky, you know, I just come walking down. She was just I I just you know I my eyes bugged out. I said, "What are you doing?" Because I'm like, "We're going, we're going out to yeah, dinner." What are you doing? Like, we're in their shorts for. So, so he you told didn't me, know this was happening. I didn't, Becky. Know. You didn't have a clue. Oh, so, I love this so much. So he tells me his plan, and I so I told him that I had asked her to change. She got mad, went upstairs. Sky had gone up and talked her into coming down. She didn't change, but I said. They're already out in the back seat of your truck. And I said, you know, we were living on a little farm. So I said, I'll go out and I'll feed the, the goats and the, the dogs. I'll go out there and do the, the, the chores. And while you go parade around outside so the kids see you and then thinking, well, Miley's going to see him and they're both going to come in and change and then yeah, we'll go on our sure. way. <laughs> um, so I feed the animals and then I head towards the truck and he's still standing there in his shorts like... So what's happening? And he said, well, they haven't noticed. Look, they're both on their phones. Oh, my gosh. So pick I, it up from I there. stood by the <laughs> truck door. I opened the front door. Instead of getting in, I just put my foot right up on the floorboard there, you know, just had one knee propped up there high. And, <laughs> and they were just right between the seats there. They should have been able to see me, no problem. But they just sat there with their faces in their phones the whole time. Like, seriously, like three to five minutes which can seem like an eternity when yeah when you're standing there like that and and they never looked up and so (laughs) finally i and i talked to them the whole time i had a conversation they just wouldn't look up and any other time he would have said um excuse me can you put your phone down while we're talking but he wanted it to happen organically and not force it to happen so i walked i walked back up to the very front to where becky was coming out of the house right in front of the truck and she uh she says so how'd it go and i says oh they never noticed so I says, I'm sure they have now, you know, because I'm standing way out in front of the truck. Yeah, sure. So we walked back over to the truck to see the expressions on their faces, and we were all going to laugh. 
And I got there, and they weren't noticing. They Their faces were still down, still. just looking at their social media. And so I just got in the truck and started it up. And oh she's like, gosh. she looked at me I with this in. most horrified look you could Becky, ever imagine. what were you thinking at the time? You're thinking, we cannot go into a restaurant like no. this. No, well, Because yeah. this was going to happen at home, and we were going to change. Yeah. But now it's like. I gotta, I gotta get the courage up and guts up, and let's, <laughs> it's game on. It's game on. So I just started up, and she looked at me and shut her door really reluctantly, and I just started backing up. And she's like, "No, no, we're not doing this," you know. And I, I was just like, I just shrugged my shoulders, like we have to, you know. And so we drove up the road and the whole way to the restaurant. Um, not really saying anything. Then she took a picture of me and my son noticed this. He heard the sound and he looked up and he says, what, what's dad doing? You know? And just then we pulled into the restaurant. I get out. My daughter looks at me and said, uh, okay, whatever. You know, why are you doing that? And she goes, oh, well, it doesn't matter. She goes, it's going to embarrass you a lot more than it will me. And I was like, yeah, that's true. It will embarrass me more. And so, and Becky was actually thinking it was going to embarrass her more. But, well, from then, we went in, we ate dinner, then we went and played miniature golf. And it was just a series. You did it in the cutoffs the whole time. When we were in the restaurant, so the the menu is on the wall. So the, the picture that went viral, so... Because he's got his hand on this ledge and he's he's looking at the wall, he's focused, and our son jumps in front of him to take a picture, so of him. And if you look, like his one leg and and hands kind of blurry because Scott's saying, "Don't take a picture." Oh, and, great! And so I'm trying we, to block his camera. We go we go sit down. We're eating about ten minutes, and then our son says, "I have sixty shares on Twitter." what what are you talking about and he says i posted a picture of dad and he shows us that picture and then me and my daughter said send me that picture and she had taken a picture of him from behind which we didn't know about and she posted that picture from the front and the picture from the back on her tumblr and i posted that picture on my facebook for my friends i just said oh um i asked my daughter to change out of her, her short shorts and oh, she so refused. Great. So look what Scott did to show her that short shorts aren't that cute and put it on my Facebook. <laughs> and before we, we knew it. Yeah. It, be careful what you put on social media because you can't control it. You can't take it back. And that thing just went viral so and crazy. Lead? I mean, it just led to just the local news first and well, then the even, newspaper, local even newspaper. Before, before that we need to insert this. So, a few days later, a neighbor called and said, um, are you seeing what's being shared on, on Tumblr? And it at that time had like 35,000 shares on it. But it was, it was negative. And I, had, I called my daughter. She was working. And I, and I repeated, you know, what was happening, what was being said. And she just laughed. She says, oh, Mom, it's fine. It's just funny. And then I called Scott up and told him. And he said, wow. And that is not Just why I'm wearing the shorts. She had written a different version of what really happened. Well, it, uh. it was, yeah. So, it was, and so I said to Scott, well, let's, at that time I had a, a blog that I was regularly writing in called Becky Mac's Blog of Mild Chaos. And nice. I said, let's write a blog post tonight, the real story behind the short shorts with that picture, and we'll put it on my blog and then share it to social media. And he rolled his eyes and said, well, how many people are going to read it? Four? <laughs> and and so he wasn't even confident our own children were going to read it. So that night we we did we wrote the blog article and I knew that with that title with that picture that was already going viral people seeing the picture and reading 
the headline, the real story behind the short shorts by the dad that people, we were hoping people then would, would yeah, read it. Sure. So we put it on the, the blog and shared it and hundreds, hundreds of shares. Like the next day, first KSL called him and said, hey, can you come and be on Studio 5? And and Deseret News, they were the two first. And then the following day, it was number one in the Daily News. And then our phone was ringing <laughs> off the hook. Huffington Post. Huffington Post, yes. Uh, Daily, Mail. Daily, Daily Mail, Mail and, Mail. Huff- and Huffington Post. Yes, the Daily Mail and Huffington Post, number one. And then and then from there, there's the phone was ringing off the hook. This is the Today Show. This is CNN. This is Fox and Friends. This is Good Morning America. This is Steve Harvey. This is Ellen. This is Rachel Ray. I mean, it, it was crazy. And every radio station across the nation, um, a TV show in Australia, a TV show in Japan. I mean, it was... It was crazy. Were they just sharing the story, or were they interviewing you, or what did they both, want from you? Both. both. Some of them just shared the story, um, but yeah, a lot of them were, they'd, they'd say, well, we can come pick you up in a limousine and take you down to a studio, or you can just make your way down there, and I'm like, no, send the car. Oh, you're <laughs> so, sending a limo. Yeah, yeah. I have the option for a limo? You're sending a limo. <laughs> yeah, we're milking this. So anyway, we, the we story, just, They yeah, love this, this creative parenting. Oh, it's this so show, awesome. Of course you know, they did. Love and instead of just the fighting, I'm I'm um, looking at it right now. I just oh, pulled great. it up online. First of all, great legs, thank Scott, you. Thank really you. impressive. He really does have great <laughs> legs. Which Jimmy they, Fallon talked about and twice pulled the picture up on two different, like a couple of weeks apart, pulled the picture up and talked about it in his monologue and I they'd comment it. on the legs. And I'm looking at, I mean, it really is. It's uh, not only KSL, but I'm looking at the, it's on the Today Show site. It's on CNN. I mean, it's all over the place. USA Today has it. Like, you guys really became stars. Now, did that did that kind of burn out pretty quickly too? Oh yeah, it was super yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, yes and and no. Like a year later on Father's Day, we were hearing from different um, radio stations and stuff wanting to do an an up an update. But just this past year, when we were in Kenya in February. Um, people were tagging us in things. Um, Buzz, BuzzFeed had resurrected it again. So here, this many years later, it just any any time a father does away. something similar, yeah. then they bring yeah, that. They bring back. it up. So you became known as the short shorts dad. The short shorts dad. Yeah. yeah, the short shorts dad. Yeah. All right. So what does your daughter think of all this now? Now that this has oh, she's fine with it now. She had laughs. a few years yeah. to pass. Yeah. She she laughs, but the best part of it. Yeah, you got to share what's the best part of it that came from that. No, it comes. It's better from you. So the, the, <laughs> she she struggled for a long time. She's like, they ask me these questions, and I don't really want to answer the way they're asking me. You know, they're saying, mm-hmm. "Has it changed you?" And she would say things like, "Well, it's definitely made me think." You know, and th- it wasn't really changing her. She wasn't going to change her sure. wardrobe because of that. But everybody wanted it to be this huge successful experience for right, her, as parents. Right. And so everybody was leaning on that. But the reality was um, that it took me a while to get through my school, but I learned probably the biggest lesson. Mm. And that was the fact that all I could focus on was those shorts. And I didn't, I forgot to see the amazing person who she was. Yeah. And so she is, she's a phenomenal person. She's very strong-willed and she's, uh, she's just, yeah, she, she's just a stellar person, very intelligent and and all I could see was shorts, and and yep. I and I kept thinking, how's this going to reflect on me? 
instead of instead of me realizing that she is who she is and yeah and and yeah so anyway we we, we we were worried about what people were going to think of us as parents if our children weren't dressed modestly and what kind of parents are are we and you know letting go of of that um has you know that that we've learned so many lessons from our children um, it's, right. it's like Heavenly Father knew which children he to send to our home, what we needed to learn sure. to become better parents. Oh, I believe <laughs> that. We needed to learn to become closer to him. What great lessons, and what a neat mm-hmm. thing. I mean, what a neat spotlight for your family to remember, and your grandkids will always have these pictures and <laughs> the experience, and stuff online doesn't go away. So No, oh, be careful what you post. No. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. So that kind of came huge flash in the pan. Right. Still kind of goes on, but you're not going to, there's no, no. Still, still goes ongoing. On. <laughs> Nobody's inviting us to their shows, but we, we got invited to shows for about a year. And then you probably thought, okay, we're going to now kind of fade back into the background <laughs> Just a be little normal bit. again, yeah. But yeah, and we're not going to have a lot of eyeballs on us. And then you had an experience that put you back in front of the eyes of millions. Tell us, uh, tell us that experience about your son. Yeah, we did. So we... Our son, who we have three three sons and four daughters, mm. and our middle son, he's our third child of seven. So in 2012, he sent his father and I a private text message, coming out to us, telling us that he was gay, and he was he was 24 years old. And this text came the night before he was to head back to college. He was going to school at BYU Hawaii, and that um, was very unexpected. It was like just pulled the rug out from underneath us and everything that I had envisioned for him in his, in his future. Sure. Um, so that started us on our journey. At that time, he said, Mom, uh, that night when I st- stayed up late talking to him till 4 in the morning, he says, Mom, you're the first person that I've talked to about this. Yeah, and you were not together when you got these this text. No, we were both the same house. We, we but were in the same right. house, but not different places. Not you didn't together. read it like together. No, no. Yeah. no. And Scott, what was your reaction at that time? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was livid, and so I went running upstairs immediately to find her. So his anger was the first oh, emotion. Livid that he had sent a text. Immediate a that text. It, it was a text. Yeah, and I was like, you know, just saying some really, really mean things, and. Uh, you know, doesn't he have the guts to, you know, I, 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 I'm not a swearer, which is, yeah. which is fortunate, but I, I was definitely throwing a lot of, uh, vulgar type terms and things that, uh, that were not befitting of who I should have been at the time. Uh, was it more about how he came out to you or was it more about, was it all everything? Of it. All, all of it. Was all all of it. it. The, the way he yeah. came out was so upsetting to me. Like, why doesn't he have the guts to just tell me, you know? But on the other hand, I didn't really want to hear that either. I was, this can't be true. No, he's joking or, or no, I just got to, you know, bury my head in the sand. It's going to go away. I mean, all these things were going through It's kind of mind. funny because your reaction is kind of why he didn't come tell exactly. you. Exactly. Right. exactly. He was very you, you wise. Kind of proved it. He had through. grown up in our home for 24 years, <laughs> so he knew the best way to come out. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and so it wasn't new to him that we talked about gay people um, because I was very 
uh, opinionated about it and, and had said things for many years. And and if it was a joke, I mean, you said you're a comedian. You know, when when there's a joke, you you don't want to pass them up. Yeah, right. Got to get you, it out. You there. take the joke. You take the joke. And I every opportunity I had to call out a joke in that situation or you know about lgbt it didn't matter who was the brunt of the joke it was yeah it was safe to say it and so i i did that he grew up in a world that was not friendly um and how old was your son when like when that. he acknowledges that he knew he was gay he's he said from a, a very very young age yeah. as long as he can remember he didn't have a name to it sure but he knew something was different yeah as the other boys in his class or his friends were talking about the cute girls. He's like, oh, like he hadn't noticed them. He hadn't right. noticing the cute guys. Um, and then he's, he's knows, he knows this. He knows this. And so then he's hearing jokes and exactly. comments. Which, and in that's his, a lot to And in through. his mind, he was thinking, um, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not gay. Like, I'm, I just haven't reached that point yet where I like girls. Like, when mm. I when I hold a girl's hand or, you know, I go through puberty or when I kiss yeah. a girl, then I'm going to like girls. Which and I've then, heard a lot of gay people share that same exactly. thought, especially if you're raised in the church with this mindset of, hey, you need to go to the temple. You need to raise a yeah. family, marry mm-hmm. someone of the opposite sex, exactly. eternal marriage. such a wrestle going it, on. It's that fight of when is this going to change for me? It, it has to. Right. That's a lot. Yeah, so we reacted differently. She reacted in kindness, and uh, but I mean, neither one of us to him because he wasn't there. So I called him and I told him, I said, "You get home right now. We're going to have a conversation." He and, was home out saying goodbye to his yeah, his friends because he, he was, was leaving, leaving the, the next, next morning. morning. So I I told him that, and he didn't. He says, "Dad, I'm I'm out saying goodbyes. I'll be home in a couple hours." And I says, "No, you're coming home now." And remember, he's 24 years old, yeah. <laughs> return missionary, all this stuff. I mean, he's on his own, you know, he's yeah. off to college, but I'm... You were uh, in dad mode. I was in dad mode, yeah. Sure. So I, I'm like, you get home. But, it, but anyway, he says, no, I'll just see you later when I get back. I've got to say my goodbyes. So I just says, you know, I'm not going to stay around. I went to bed, you know. And so I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to her um, walking into the, the room. And I'm like, where have you been? And she says, I was down talking to Sean. And I said, oh, how'd that go? And she, he, she says, it went well, you know. And so then I just got up and started walking towards the door. And the last thing she'd remembered was how I was acting before. So she says, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to talk to Sean. And she says, be kind. Will you please be kind? Mm. And, and I was like, well, of course I would, you know. I mean, but now I've had some rest, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So anyway, I went downstairs and, uh, and I knocked on his door. He had, his door was closed because he was in there packing. And he opened the door, and, and I just, I didn't know what to say. I just put my arms out and, and gave him a big hug. And, yeah. And anyway, and just told him I loved him. And so, anyway, he just, he says, Dad, you've said some really mean things over the years. And, and I knew I had. And, and, and I had to be in that committee, you know, comedy mode again and i i says yeah but that one about and i mentioned a couple of the jokes I says that was funny <laughs> you know and, and he's like yeah did he at least funny. appreciate that you were trying to lighten he the did mood he a did bit? he laughed yeah. he says yeah that one was pretty funny you know yeah, and sometimes so, comedy is the only thing that breaks yeah through. exactly so i i went down that that mode for a minute or that that avenue for a minute and then uh he just says but no you've said some really mean things and i said i know it i says but let's talk let's talk later it's late let's just go to bed let's we'll talk later and that was my way of just avoiding it. And so he got up the next day. I went, got up, went to work. He left, went back to school. We didn't say anything. We didn't talk to each other for it, about it for a year. 
I would send him letters and things about, you know, from the prophets or from the brethren or church, you know, talks, things like that, because I was, I was just so sure that once he, you know, read the Book of Mormon more and did all these things that it would, you know, he would realize how wrong he was in his thinking. And so I did all that for about a year. Then when he came back, I went into, you know, shut up mode again and didn't say anything about it. He'd come home it. for Christmas, yeah, for three weeks at Christmas. Christmas. So were, then you, he, were you in the mindset that this was still a choice that oh, he absolutely. was making? Absolutely. That he just needed to change his yeah, mind? Yeah, what, what the heck was he doing? What was he getting into? He had to have been delving into something that was causing him to start thinking this way instead of um, thinking normally, right? And to come to your defense a little bit, I mean, we're not that far apart in age. Right. I was raised hearing things like pornography leads to homosexuality, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, deviant behavior, deviant thoughts can lead to, and we were raised with that. I mean, that mm-hmm. was ingrained heavily into us when I was growing up, right. when you guys were right. growing up. Those were pretty common thoughts that we had. We hadn't learned right. all these things. So right. I don't mean to overly defend you, but no, I no, understand that's, it. And I those, really, thank you. Are, You're the very first person that ever has defended me. Those were the questions... <laughs> I really, you're still wrong. You're still very wrong. No, you're don't totally go down that wrong. way. No, no. And those are the, the same questions that that first night when I stayed up with him until four were those things. And he said, Mom, I, I'm not addicted to, to pornography. I'm, I haven't delved into pornography. And he said, um, I don't know what my future holds. I, I know I can't marry a girl. I've kissed girls, I've held their hand, and I know that that's not even going to be possible. Yeah. He said, I've never held a guy's hand, I've never kissed a guy, but I know I'm attracted to guys. Um, and I don't know what my future is, Mom, because I don't know if I can live a life alone. And it was such a wrestle because mm. he, he had a testimony. He had served, he served a, a, a mission. Yeah. He, he wanted, you know, to be with his family for all eternity. So sure. what a wrestle there. He did not see a win-win no matter which direction he went. Yeah. Um, so that, we had that, those questions that you were just saying. Yeah, we, we, we talked about. In that year, Scott, that you didn't talk to Sean about this. Becky, were you having conversations with Sean about this? About him being gay? Um, yes. And, um, but... Not, um, I, I too would send him some texts with some scriptures or a quote that I was, was certain would, you know, make him grasp onto the iron rod. I did not think of it as a phase. I had a deep conversations with him and, um, he had asked me to read, um, uh, a, a book and I had also read, um, right off the bat, um, Ty Mansfield's book. And mm. all those, those names have just left my mind, the names of those books. <laughs> so anyway. I don't know which book that is. Yeah. Quiet Desperation. Mm. And Sean had asked me to read Carolyn Pearson's book, No More, Go- no More Goodbyes. I had okay. started to read that one, but it was, it was a really tough read. I would just bawl. So I had yeah. tucked that book under my bed, and I'd, I read Ty's book. Um. I didn't think it was a phase. I didn't think it was going to go away. But I was certain, though, that I just wanted him to just choose, though, to stay in the church. My fear was him being excommunicated. And what would that mean for our family in the eternities? So I just wanted him to promise me, no, Mom, it does. I guess this is real. And I know it's not going away. But I'm going to 
to live a life in the gospel. Mm. And I knew couples such as, as Ty Mansfield, who, who was married to a woman and, and his children. And I knew some others that were, were in the public of who were married. So I, on that first night, I said, but you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, they're making it work. And that's, that's when he, he said, mom, I'm, I'm happy that's working for them, but it will not work for me. I've kissed girls. I've held their hand. It will not. Mom, I, I cannot do that to yeah. a girl. And um, so that, uh, I didn't look at it as a phase, but I sent him things wanting him to just promise me, no, I'm staying in the gospel. It was um, two years, so two years from when he came out to us, when he was going to come home again for Christmas. Now, was he publicly out at this time? He he was not. So he was was just out to our family. He came out to his father and I, and four months later came out to his siblings and then, as time went on, just a few of his closest friends. So he he was not. Um, I am. I had told him, "Don't come out when you're at BYU. You only have a year left. You don't want to get kicked out." And he says, "Mom, it's not against the honor code to be gay. Right? Yeah. It's against the honor code to break the the law of chastity. And mm-hmm. I live the law of chastity. And." But there were, you know, there was a lot of fears in in there from. And of course, a mother and a father, you want to protect your son exactly. too. You know, exactly. You're I didn't want him to protect be bullied. Him from himself, I didn't, exactly. You know? yeah. I didn't know. And, and part of it was I knew how harsh I was with right. that community, and right. I didn't want other people treating my son the same way I was willing to treat others. Isn't yeah, that amazing? It that, is. It's that really is bizarre. Really, yeah. It's really bizarre. That's a heavy thing. thought. Yeah, yeah, it is. And he was such a, a kind, loving person. His whole whole life just. Um, a happy person. He was a leader amongst his peers. He was the deacon's quorum president, the teacher's quorum president. He was mm. the first assistant to the um, bishop in the priest quorum, you know, and served an honorable mission. He was a really a, a yeah. great, great kid. Did you mention Eagle Scout? Oh, he was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. <laughs> so here he's coming home again. It's been two years. And he said, he said, Mom, I read everything that you and Dad said, send to me. And he says, you've never sent me anything that I haven't already read before. He says, I've been, yeah, I, I have been, tri- I was raised in the church. <laughs> I served a mission. Yeah. I have been researching, reading everything the church has, has to say on this as I was wrestling with this and figuring out what, what this means to me in my future. Um, but he says, Mom, I've asked you to read one thing and you haven't done it. And that wow. was that book by Carolyn Pearson. And I says, oh, that was such a tough read so I thought no I'm going to get it out I'm going to read it before he comes home and so I pulled that book out and began reading where I left off and the first part of those that book were filled with stories of 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 boys young men and young women or young adults like my son finally having the courage to come out to their parents and these were LDS these were Latter-day Saint families finally had the courage to come out and their parents were showing them the door, like, Ugh. you're choosing that, here's, here's the door, and booting them out on the street. And that As just, Christ would. Y- yeah, yes. Exactly. And I mean, that really, just that's made the no Christ-like sense. thing to yeah. do. It made no sense It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And, and, then, and then the next set of stories were parents feeling like they were having to choose between their son, or their son and daughter or the church and think, well, I'm choosing my son and daughter and leaving the church, whole families leaving the church. And I thought, I don't feel like that's a choice. Like to me, um, the gospel is the gospel of love. 
Like yeah. the second greatest commandment is love thy neighbor and family is neighbor. Family is central to, to God's plan. We are to keep our family together. And I can't imagine my life without my son, and I can't imagine my life without the gospel. And I am choosing both. And right at that Good time, I just had just the strongest impression of that I needed to come out of my own closet, my own rhetorical closet, as a Latter-day Saint mm-hmm. mother with a gay son, and talk about this and its reality. Um, because I knew I wasn't alone, because I had read all those stories, and they were from the you know 1980s, and and I knew that there was a lot more than that. And But where were those voices? Where were the those positive stories and talking about the reality of this instead of, of just sweeping it under the rug and being afraid to talk about it, being afraid of what others are going to think? So I was Skyping with Sean, and I told him that I was reading the book, and I told him about this impression that I had to, to be, that I needed to start talking about this publicly. So I said, what if when you come home for Christmas, you and I, we, we do a, a video, and kind of a coming out video, and I'll write a, a blog article, and we'll put it on my, my blog, mm. and start talking about this. Yeah. And he, he was quiet for a minute, and he said, well, Mom, that would really be putting me out there, but yeah, I can see how helpful this would be. He says, wow. He said, that would have helped him. Like, if if he had heard active people in the church talking about this to help him to understand it and and to have that discussion. And, and so he said, let's do it. So when he came home for Christmas, we had a, a daughter that graduated in film and TV production down at Dixie. So I said, bring your camera and your, you know, your lights and your microphone and and so the, the night before she was to head back home after um, being home for Christmas, she, it was like 10.30 at night, and she says, oh, Mom, we're still wanting to do that video. So at, late at night, we set everything up, and Sean and I, we didn't discuss what we were going to say, but we just sat down, and we just started talking. Awesome. And she narrowed that video down to just um, five or six minutes, and I told Sean, you know, we only see you at Christmas, so let's make the video. I'll write the blog article, and then when it feels right, we'll put it out. But it doesn't have to be now, but when it feels right. But when we watched that video and we wrote the article, it felt like, no, the time is now. Mm. And, like, we weren't public about this. Not many of even our extended family didn't know. And like, there was still that fear of how people were going to respond. I wasn't yeah. worried about myself. I thought, well, I can, I can take it if there's negativity, but I didn't want that negativity coming right. to Sean. But I, I knew that it was coming from a Heavenly Father that I needed to talk about this. So I knew I needed to do it, and so I just had to trust that this was going to be positive because he had told me to do it. For sure. Um, we made an appointment with our bishop and our stake president to show them the video our, our stake president we had previously talked to before, he was a close, close friend of ours who also lived in our ward, and he had served as a bishop. Scott was his counselor. He was the bishop when, um, who sent Sean off on his mission, and mm. then he was a stake president that released Sean when wow. he came home. Yeah. So we had talked to him about it, but not our bishop. So we had met with him, showed him the video, read the blog article, said, I'm putting this out there next week, and I'm not sure what the response is going to be. You may be getting phone calls that say, what's Sister McIntosh talking about? Are we supposed to talk about this? Keep an eye on her. She must be on a slippery slope. Mm. You know, I'd been the primary president, the young woman's president, the stake young woman's president. I was teaching seminary at the time. Yeah. 
And our bishop and the stake president both said, well, this, we trust you on this. Okay, we, you know, we, we understand where you're coming from, and, and we've, essentially we've got your back. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and it was the scariest thing, pushing that public button. And we did it two years from the very day that he had come out to us. Wow. So January 9th. And that, that next day when I woke up and checked social media, checked Facebook, like it had hundreds of, sh- of shares. And my inbox was full. And Sean's too. Wow. Um, it was amazing. Just hundreds of people uh, over the next few months that reached out to us from all over the world and thanking us for, for talking about this in a positive light. And... Um, and, and then just sharing their, their hearts, their stories with me. And the majority of them that were reaching out were not out. And they were saying, now, you know, we hope that when we come out to our, tell our, you're giving us hope that what our mother will, will love us yeah. and won't boot us out of the home. Because mm. that's the fear. That's the scariest thing to tell this part, especially, you know, a Christian or in, in our church, to be vulnerable and to, to, come, to come out. It's so scary. And what kept our son in the closet for 24 years um, was that fear. It was the things that he heard mentioned in our home. It was the things that he, that he heard at, at scout camp or at church, sure. you know, the, the, the jokes or the rude comments and, and um, how there was no place for them. And so that keeps them in the closet and fear of rejection, fear of rejection from their family mm. and their friends and their church community. Um, but when, what, when my son finally come out was um, for his own mental health. Sure. Um, there's so much, the suicide ideation with this, the anxiety and depression. And my son told us of the many years, his junior high years, that he just wanted to end his life. Yeah. Because he did not see... A win-win, no matter which direction, which oh. no matter which path he went, he could only see heartbreak and negativity and just wanting to end his life. And I'm so grateful that he didn't, that he powered through because oh. so many have lost their life, have taken their life over this. Um, so, okay, I need to, I need to take you, a breath. Can you tell she's passionate about it? <laughs> I love I this I, so much. I, I forgot we were recording. I just... <laughs> I'm just blown away. Let's let's switch gears just okay. a little bit, because Scott, I need to know during this time where you were when when we last left off in our story with Scott. <laughs> yeah, um, an hour ago. Yeah, you know, and there this, he was. no, no, this is wonderful. But yeah. you were still in this place of he's just got to change. I'm not going to deal with this. Right. And I also wanted to ask you. I assume a lot of that, you know, uh, is also what will my buddies think? Oh, will uh, they uh, think that I did? Ton of it. How did I, I, and yeah. I can tell well, with you. I, I go hunting. Oh, I'm oh, a hunter. Yeah, and yeah. I do concrete. Yeah, exactly. I make yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I raised a gay son. Exactly. You know, are my friends going to think, well, what did you do wrong? Why didn't you mm-hmm. show him football? Why didn't you? Right. There's a lot of that. I mean, it sounds so funny to say there is that out there. So tell us what you were thinking. And then during this time. Were you for this video or tell us where you were? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was it was actually two years of me coming around that, that that I told you that first year was rough. Um, right. And then he came home. I didn't say anything. And then for the next year, I continued to pester him with articles and things. And then before he came home the next time, he says, Dad, he says, can we really talk about this? He says, we don't talk about it. Can we just talk? 
you know, and so that was a gutsy move on his part to yeah, reach out to much. me knowing that I was really struggling. And, uh, and I said, sure, we can talk about it. And, and I was, as bad as I was, I was still not that person that was willing to kick him out and send him down the road. I mean, it wasn't like that. I, I, I still had a great deal of love for my son. Of course. Um, I, just, I just didn't know how to deal with this. I just wanted it. I didn't want to tell anybody about it because when he, you know, when he, when he decided he was going to be uh, marrying a girl and go to the temple and all that, I didn't mm. want anybody else to you know, had heard something different. We had to explain right? anything because yeah. it was just, I was so confident that it was just going to go back to that. He just, he just needed some time. He was in a bad spot. This you was know? a phase. Yeah, a phase. He yeah. let him get out of it. And so anyway, when he came back, uh, was that next time was when he confronted me and, and we talked about it. And it was, um, I don't, don't want to get into that whole story. It's, it's a long story, but it was, uh, it was just an experience where he and I had this conversation and, and he talked to me about, you know, his life and where he was at. And he gave me some thought, food for thought as well as his dad. Could, if you, if it was the opposite, if you were told that you could only achieve the eternal salvation by marrying a guy, could you marry a guy, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't, let's not even talk about this, you know? And, and I just kept backing away. And, and he just really gave me some thought provoking things. Like he says, that's what it's like for me. He says, I can't even imagine being married to a woman he says it's, i just it's just nothing you know and right and i'm like oh yeah I, okay i get that and, and there was you know there was a big conversation in there but he just gave me a lot of thought and then it, it came down to where i finally couldn't take it anymore and asked him why he chose that i said why did you choose this sean and he just and he's that's when he left and he just chuckled and he says dad i didn't choose this he says, why would I choose to be in this group of people that's, that's so misunderstood, you know? And, yeah. and, and, he, and, and I knew that they had, had received a lot of grief. They'd received a lot of hate. They'd received a lot mm. of all of that, and, and a lot of it by me. And I thought, oh, yeah, why would he? You know, why would he choose that? And, and it started to sink in, and I knew it. I mean, I'd seen the church's website. The church has a, had a website then called Mormons and Gays. Yeah. Um, now it's called Mormon and Gay. Now it's actually diff- just same-sex attraction. Yes, yeah, because we, we're not Mormons anymore, right? Yeah. But anyway, so um, it, it's evolved a little bit. But uh, but I'd seen the website, and, and um, Dallin Oaks had said um, something to the lines that there wasn't a choice. And, and I knew that. I knew it wasn't a choice, but I didn't want to believe it in my son's case. He had made a choice. Yeah. And, and so anyway, that night was a really big turning point for me when I realized that he hadn't chosen it. And once I realized he hadn't chose that, then all of the other things came flooding back to me. Then I realized all the things that I'd said in trying to make things better um, to let him know that that's not allowed in our home. I was just putting daggers into him, everything I said. Yeah. And all that came back to me very painful, to, just to realize that... My son's life that I that I tried to protect became a lot more difficult. I made life difficult for him and, and harder and more apt to take his own life because of things I said. And that was that was tough on me. And yeah. so um, that's where I had that huge turning point, you know, a, a, a complete 180 where I saw things differently. And I just knew I needed to love my son and wow. just be there for him. And this all happened before the video. Well, still, when when he was all on board for me to put this out, like he he went with me when we met with the stake president and the bishop, and 
but he still was nervous too. Like when I was ready to push that public button, he said, um, this is your deal. I'm not going to speak about this. This is your deal. He's, and he <laughs> said, I have not spoken to this about anyone. And I said, and I knew two family members who had kids that had come out. And I said, you haven't even spoken to them about it? He said, no, no, I haven't. And yeah. he says, this is your deal. I says, okay. But to go and back just a smidge, because of the short, short thing, we had became kind of speakers. We've been speaking. Yeah. And so we've been doing a lot of firesides on parenting and things mm-hmm. like that and speaking. So when it was when she was talking about this, I was like, okay, if this is your platform, if this is the direction you're going, that's not my direction. I'm not, I'm not involved in this platform. This is, this is you. Yeah. Cause she was comfortable. She was getting a lot more comfortable with it. And I wasn't. And so yeah. Scott, you're very good about laying down the law <laughs> yeah. and then having it completely fall apart. Exactly. I, you see a, you see a little a bit of a pattern. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I know as a dad and a husband, yeah. I am in the yeah. same pattern. Yeah. I yeah. love to put my foot down. Yeah, I mean, I, I wear I wear the pants in this family as long as she lets me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get that. <laughs> as long as she, as long as she chooses them for me, yeah. lets me, tells me it's okay, and then tells me when to Tells when me to which change. ones. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> so we great. make that public. And that, that next day, he starts having all these fathers reaching out to him, sending him private messages, thinking, wow, I know you i know you from the from the wrestling world because he was a wrestling coach i know you from the wrestling world and i know you from the hunting world i've heard i know your perspective and i just so watched the video so how did you get from that to this and so he had these fathers reaching out to him so he's thinking wow and and they're sharing with them i had a son that came out i have a daughter that came out so he's thinking well there's a lot of people wow that need this and that they're they're looking to me to to help them like they think that I'm already in <laughs> this fabulous spot yeah. and I'm still working my way there so he he called me on the phone and he said Becky will you tag me in your post wow and when I I knew what that move. Gutsy I move. knew yeah. but awesome. but you <laughs> yeah. may think that's awesome but in my eyes I think tag you in your post because you don't have enough courage to put it to to, to post it yourself. It yourself yeah so I said Just no I said no you post it yourself Mm. And um, so, yeah, so he did. But share with them the story that most touched your heart, the father that reached out. Yeah, so, so the one father reached out and he said, and I knew him through, the, like I say, the wrestling world, or she'd said through the wrestling world. And, and he, uh, he says, I, something that you didn't know, that my son's gay as well. And and I was shocked. And then he's like, oh, no, not that son, not the one you knew, but the other one I didn't know, you know. And I said, okay, I didn't know him. And and he says, yeah. He says one day we were sitting around the the dinner table, and he came out and and told us he was gay. He says I told him to get up, get away from my table, and I didn't want to see him again. He says that was four years ago, and I haven't spoken a word to him since. Oh my gosh! So he's he like, said, how I, did you? Do he said this? I just watched your wife's video, I just and I can video, see I've been doing, wife, it wrong, doing this wrong. And I wrong. said. Wow. I says, okay. Uh, and I'm <laughs> here I am, right? Going through it myself, trying yeah. to figure this out. I mean, the night before or earlier that day, yeah. I'm not, not even wanting to be attached to this. And now, now, I'm, now you're the I'm the expert. Yeah, I'm the expert. Here, <laughs> let me tell you what we do here. Yeah. So I, I, I love it. I love it. I, so I said to him, I, I said, and this is funny how little things like this actually helped me to become better because I was giving advice to somebody else yeah. when it was really speaking to my own heart. Sure. And so I told him, 
I asked him, I says, do you have his phone number? He said he'd left, he moved to New York and he hadn't seen him for four years. I says, do you have his phone number? And he says, yeah. And I says, why don't you just send him a text that, that just says, hey, I love you. And he said, wow. He says, I says, just out of the blue. You haven't talked to him for four years. Just send him a text, say, hey, I want you to know I love you. And he says, I could do that. He says, I could do that. He says, but he wants to bring his partner this summer. You know, he wanted to come back for a family reunion, and, and he's told his mom that, and I'm just like, no, that's not going to happen. And I says, whoa, 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 just a sec here. I said, send him a text yeah. that says, I love you. One step at no a time. No buts. Yeah, no buts. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to say, but if you come around here, this happens, yeah. or if that happens, whatever. You just send a text that says, I love mm. you. And awesome. he said, okay. He says, I'm going to do it. You know, and so anyway, that kind of started... Uh, me with it with her video and, and actually really embracing it and seeing <laughs> obviously it was a gutless move because as soon as i saw how many people loved her video and how what a positive yeah. influence it was then it was being oh yeah hey i'm on board yeah yeah i've been you with see the you. video we made yeah, it's me it's me and you the whole time honey yeah here we go so anyway it was just amazing to see where that went and so when the church came to us uh a year later was it two years, two years, in two years later they, the church came to us the church yeah media just called you? Well, the, the church public affairs, they had been watching us. Like I was, I was public about yeah. this. So that kind of had been on their, their radar and, and some other people that had been um, on the, their stories were being shared on the Mormon and gay, gay web website um, had recommended us too. They said, Oh, you need to you need to share the, the Macintosh story. So this, the stories that had been on the, the church website were, um, I'm, I'm gay and I'm serving in my elders quorum presidency. I'm gay and I'm married to a woman in the temple. I'm yeah. a gay woman and I'm married to a man in the temple. And those are very authentic and valuable stories. Sure. And I know those people and they are absolutely amazing. And those stories are so, so needed. Um, but the church was getting a lot of people reaching out and saying, well, um, our son or daughter has come out and, and they're stepped away from the church. They're in a relationship. Like, where's, how do we respond to this? Yeah. Like, where's the, our support? And so they had been following us. They knew that um, I was a person that wasn't afraid to talk about this and that I was embracing my, my son and I was embracing the gospel and so they asked if we would be willing to share our story, uh, a story of love and inclusion. Mm. And, and just a sec, to preface this just a little bit, we haven't gotten into this. Our son, she's, the last thing she said was she wanted him to just stay solid in the church. And now our son's dating. Mm-hmm. He's bringing a guy home for dinner, yeah. um, all these types of things. And, and, he's, and he's not going to church anymore. The, 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 the policy changes in the church were very tough on him. And some things that sure. were really, really mm-hmm. tough— that he felt like the church drew a line in the sand and said, you're on this side and we're on that yeah. side. Mm-hmm. And, a lot and, of people did. Yeah, and yeah. he struggled. And so our empathy and our hearts went out to him, but we didn't switch sides you know, or anything like that, and we didn't see the sides as much as he did, but he felt a genuine side difference. And so through all of that, we just kept doing what we felt we needed to do, and that was embrace the gospel and embrace our son. And yeah. And somehow it was working, and and other people couldn't see how that worked, and the church paid attention to that, and and anyway, they just reached out and, and asked us, hey, would you be willing to do a video? 
And my son was nervous at the beginning. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this video. What are they going to do? Is I'm the poster child for... He said, I'm the ba- they're going to the use example. me in the example. <laughs> yeah, the bad example. And I said, no, they, well, they want to show a story of love and inclusion. They want... People are asking, what do we do when our son or daughter is stepping away from the church? And they want to tell the story of, well, you continue to love them. Yeah. You continue to include them in the family circle. And, and so they sent a, a film crew out, out to our house, and, and um, the same producer that produced the, the Book of Mormon videos for the, mm. for the church, Aaron Merrill, so he was produced our, our video. And they spent two days at our house. The first day was with me and Scott and Sean, and then the second day was with all our family. And the church did a beautiful job of, beautiful of sharing video. our story in, in six minutes, um, very authentic um, it's yeah, on the church's it website. It's called the Macintosh Story. Pretty yeah. simple so, name. Yeah, it was added yeah. in um, 2017. It was filmed in 2016, and anything the church does or puts out there on a church website, it's a, it's a long process of of approval and and stuff like that. The, yeah. the process is it's a long process. So it was in 2017 that was added to the church's website, and it's still there and available it's, it's on the the Gospel video. Library yeah. app. Yeah. I just love it. I absolutely love it. And we're not being vocal and open about our mistakes near as much for the listeners out there that are parents. We're doing it for your children. Yeah. We're trying to make a better road for your children. So you don't have to go through the same things we do and put your kids through the same things we mm. put our kids through. It, it's, it's tough. It is tough to admit you were wrong and, and you did things wrong. But we all do. We all do yeah. things wrong. And, and it's, it's just been an awesome road to see the changes and to see where we were and admit we were wrong and, and to do things different. What a blessing. Yeah. And now you work with, I, I see you've done some work with North Star, which yes. is a, an amazing organization. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I serve on the board of, of North Star. I've been there for, for quite a while. Tell us if our listeners don't know what North Star yeah, is. Yeah. So that's a uh, support group for um, L- Latter-day Saint LGBTQ individuals and their, their families it's a it's a um, a support for for families, parents, and families who are wanting the support in the church, and also for the LGBTQ who are who are choosing to to be to stay in the church, and they're yeah. they're seeking that support. There's there's um, another um, great organization, Affirmation, who has is more the right. the bigger umbrella, and I've I've done work with the affirmation too we have spoken at we spoke we're keynote speakers this year at the north star conference we've also been keynote speakers at the affirmation conference they're both fabulous um, organizations that are truly saving lives there's something healing about being with others who are on a similar journey that understands you that gets you and to um to to be there be there for you and they're great organizations. I also am very open and raw and real about our journey in a in a book that that was released in September. Yeah. So that's called Love Boldly, embracing your LGBTQ loved ones and your faith. Beautiful. So um, where can people buy that book? That's available on Amazon or cedarfort.com or Desert Book, Seagull Book. If we have someone listening, and I'm gonna point this one to you, Becky. We have someone listening who is gay, whether they are a youth or an adult or whatever, they are gay. They know that they are, are gay. This is something real and they are scared. 
scared to come out to the people that they love. What is your advice to them? I get somebody reaching out to me almost every night with that, asking that same thing, just so scared. And I wish I could promise them that everything was going to be okay and they are going to be embraced and loved and included. But unfortunately, I can't promise them because I know so many stories where that wasn't their ending. So um, I tell them to, to pray um, for the, to know the right time when and the right when, when to come out and, and the best way to come out. For our son, that was through a text message. I, I tell them to pray for God to prepare their parents' hearts. Mm. Um, and then to you parents, I want to say, um, or anyone else listening, if you have a, a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, an aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, or your own child that comes out, out to you, know that that was the most courageous thing for them to, to tell you something so vulnerable and something that they're so fearful about of rejection. So number one, thank them for trusting you with this and give them a big hug and tell them how much you love them. And we don't have all the answers, and but we'll walk this we'll rock this road together. Like I will, I'll be with you. We will, we can figure this out together. And I will, will, will love you no matter, no matter what. And no matter, no matter what. And even if, um, yeah. the path that you take. Oh, that's beautiful advice. And I was going to point the, the, the flip side, the parent over to you, oh. Scott, but I think you addressed <laughs> it beautifully. So I'm going to go pinpoint to dads. What advice do you have for, for those dads out there? My advice to them, and it may sound harsh and bold what I say now, is would you rather have a gay son or would you rather have a dead son? Mm. And so that's a reality. That's yeah. a reality. That we make it more difficult on them. We make them want to take their lives so they don't have to face us. Mm. Are we really going to do that? Um, I I know that we think that this just happens and and it's and it's always happens to somebody else but there are kids in our wards uh, in our communities all around us that they're not even sure right now they are they're still trying to figure it out but they are and and there's and it's not going to change this is what they're going to grow up and and they're going to realize this is what they are and are we making it more difficult on them? Are we telling things in our families that are like, oh, yeah, that little kid down the road, I know he's gay. I Don't ever play with him again. Or are we saying, wow, I, I noticed your, your friend down the road, he is such a, just such a nice kid. He's talented. Wow, he's got so many gifts. You know, or if the LGBT subject ever gets brought up, to say something like, wow, you know, we just got to love him. We just gotta, what would the Savior do? He would just love him, wouldn't he? You know, Things like that that are welcoming, that they're, they can take with them. In our wards, we should never be having a, a, a guy get up and, or, or anybody get up and give a talk about, oh, those gays are just trying to take over the world. They're trying to force gay marriage on us now and all this kind of stuff. We need to stand up for what's right. If that does happen in your ward, then that conversation needs to happen at home that's like, hey, you know what, brother so-and-so, he's really passionate about this, but boy, I tell you, we need to include everybody. We just need to love them, you know? And, and I think it's, it's just such an about-face for me to create that 
that safe spot in your home for if you're if you don't have any children that are gay, they've got friends that are or, yeah. or they know somebody who is. And and we've just got to create a spot for them where we don't make life more difficult for mm. them. That we we create peace, love, and harmony in our homes, and it's it's doable. It's doable even if you're a macho man. Yeah. So, you guys are doing the Lord's work. I love it. I love this message. I mean, the spirit is incredible that you guys bring to it, and you're the right messengers for it. And I'm glad that you went through it the way you did. I hope that doesn't sound wrong. Mm because I know you wouldn't want to relive it particularly, (laughs) but I think that if you had been sort of preconditioned to just be accepting, where's the journey? Right. You know, and how could people relate to you? I think people are going to be able to relate to you and and already do, of course, in a way that they they couldn't with somebody who just went, oh, okay, well, we love you and let's work through this. So I think your story is so powerful. We're going to wrap things up, but before we do, if people want to follow you, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to contact you, what's the, what's the best way to, for that to happen? We are both very public on social media. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, a, a website, BeckyMacintosh.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, just Google us and you'll find us and you can reach out to us. And we, we try to respond to every single message that, that is sent to us. Yeah, and a little bit of a word of warning. You may end up <laughs> seeing a picture shorts. of a man in short shorts. But. Yeah, be careful. So. I, and the, the funny note of that is uh, I think Heavenly Father had a plan for us, and we didn't understand it. And he's like, I need you guys as a messenger. I need you to be my mouthpiece. Yeah. But you really are kind of crappy speakers. <laughs> so how about if we do a few little warm-up things? You know, uh, let's, let's throw on some shorts. Let's get some speaking opportunities. Let's have you learn a little bit. And then we'll have you start to, to go into the field where I really need I, you. I think the short shorts redefine the phrase, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I mean, that's about as mysterious that's, yeah, as that is. That is. This has been delightful. And you guys are so wonderful. I would be remiss if I didn't ask, how Sean, how's Sean doing now? He's doing good. He's great. He he married his his partner, his boyfriend last August, mm. um, and I'm really grateful. He chose he he chose a really great person to spend his life with. They're both return missionaries. We all want our children to grow up to marry a return missionary. Well, he did it. <laughs> a little different than the <laughs> a little original different. Thought. It's not yeah. what I envisioned, but they're yeah. they're both just super supermen doing doing great things. Wonderful. <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap up the show with uh, the question we ask all of our guests. I did not prep you for this. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at that. But we ask all of our guests what being a member of the church means to you. Mm-hmm. And I will let you guys fight it out as to who answers first so the other one can think for a minute. So the question, okay. the question is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Mm-hmm. I love that question. I can't imagine my life not being a, a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, it it means I have um, taken on those covenants when I was baptized at eight years old to mourn with those that mourn and to sit with those. It's taking on Christ's name. Um, it's looking to Christ and His example in uh, how how to live, um, how to 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 be better people, um, I can't imagine my life without out the gospel. I'm grateful for it. Um, I I'm thankful for my the my heavenly Father 
knew where I needed to be sent to help me to be my, my best me. And, and I work on that every day. And I'm so a great, grateful for the atonement and uh, my Heavenly Father's patience and love. He never, ever has ever turned his back on me. I, there are times where I kind of turn my back on, on him, um, but he's never turned his back on me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. Scott? Um, the church has meant everything to me. I, I grew up in a very uh, religious family, and as well as Becky, and it's, it's awesome to have that experience, to have that background. But the thing I love about the church is its strongest teaching is to, for me to have a solid foundation in my family, to, to love my family. And, and the thing that's cool about my family is they totally understand that I love the gospel. And, and they just go so hand in hand. They just, if we just follow the Savior's example, it's, it's, it's the whole world of difference. Mm. Awesome answers. They are a husband and wife. They are partners in all of this. They are parents and speakers and writers and social media stars. <laughs> and I would say advocates in the truest, truest form. Becky and Scott McIntosh, thank you for sharing your Latter-day Lives with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us on. And my special thanks to my new friends, Scott and Becky McIntosh, are they not just amazing? Two of the best people I have ever met. Their spirit is so incredible. What a blessing to have them in my home and to tell their story. And I just really appreciate it. As, of course, as soon as I posted that they were the guests this week, tons of people came out of the woodworks on social media. Oh, I love them. Oh, they're the best. And they truly are. They deserve every bit of it. Thank you so much, Scott and Becky. This week in my Latter-day life, uh, just this past weekend, uh, we did something I haven't done in a very long time, and that is that we went camping. We took off on Friday, and I've got to say, I am not the big outdoorsman type. I don't necessarily always love camping, but this one was interesting. Uh, we went up to a place not very far from my house, a uh, little place kind of just past Heber, uh, Camas area. And as we were up there camping, the, the, the closer we got to where we were camping, I kept watching my phone get fewer and fewer bars until, poof, they were completely gone. And we got to this campsite that was absolutely beautiful. And I just kept looking for my phone, looking at my phone. What is going on on my phone? I have no signal whatsoever. And there was a practical part of being worried. You know, what if someone has an emergency or something? But there was also just that need that I have to stay in touch and to check out what's happening. And I couldn't do it. And Friday evening, by the end of the evening, I would say I was kind of leaving my phone set off to the side. I think by Saturday morning, I didn't even really know where my phone was. We went uh, out to a lake, did a little bit of paddleboarding. Well, I forgot the fins. So my wife and my son did some paddleboarding. I did not. Uh, Saturday night, we did some some hiking and, and just exploring and then came home early Sunday morning. And by Sunday, I had pretty much forgotten I had a phone. One funny thing that happened during the weekend, uh, on Saturday, we realized we'd got forgotten a few things. So we ran to a nearby Walmart. And once we got there, I saw all the masks. And I had totally forgotten about covid I know it seems strange. I was only away for one night and I went, oh, that's right. This is all going on. 
But for a couple of days in my world, there was no uh, people fighting on social media. There were no politicians. There was no COVID. There was no nothing. We were out kind of in the middle of nowhere. And what a wonderful thing. What a peaceful time to spend time with my wife and with my son and just to truly disconnect. I also had some pretty wonderful prayers while I was out there pondering, looking at the nature of God's creation, and if he can make those mountains, if he can make those lakes and those streams and all the trees and all the beauty that he made, and if he can make my wife and my son and all the beautiful people I love so much, he has got this. Whatever is going on in your life, he has got it. And sometimes it is a great thing to completely disconnect and just get away from it all. And that's why I jokingly say, you know, not only was I not in the world, I was not of it, in it, around it. I was gone. I was in my own world. And I think that's really important to do every once in a while. Um, it was a blessing. And I truly felt the spirit a few times and was overwhelmed by the majesty and power of God's creation. He is in charge. He has this. We're all going to come out fine on the other end, even if that's in the next life. But he is the creator. He is my creator. And I'm so grateful for this knowledge and the peace that it brings me. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We truly appreciate it. Again, we we always ask for your five-star reviews. It's the one thing that helps us most. The more popular the show is, when people are searching for uplifting content, it really helps them to find it. If you want to connect with us, we'd love to connect with you on Facebook or on Instagram. Go check us out. We're just uh, Latter-day Lives, and uh, you will definitely find us. Well, that's about all we got for you this week. So until we meet again, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. Go be in it. Just not of it. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.